welcome to the eighth episode of Long Hair Do Care. I do have long hair, and I do indeed care very much, specifically about topics that fall under the niche yet broad umbrella of queer intersectional ecofeminism. And today's topic is queer and femme experiences in the gym. And for today's episode, we have a super fucking awesome special guest, Stefan! Say hi, Stefan! Hello. Stefan and I have been friends for... Six? Six? A while. while. We worked at Starbucks, and I will say, and I think I've said this before, so I hope you don't mind me saying it, initially you were not my favorite person at Starbucks, and then you ended up being... My super favorite person at Starbucks, and that's why we're still friends today. I, I grow a lot of people. Yes. <laughs> and I'm actually in California, where Stefan just moved. We're in San Jose. I don't know if it's a specific part of San Jose. Well, I mean, it's Be- the San Jose part of San Jose. This, okay. Close to, yeah, close to Campbell. It's close to Campbell. That's where we are. There's a place that sells nice Turkish delight, or just delight, that's nearby. It's great. Let's just jump right into the amount of Teslas I saw this week. As I said, I'm in California. I drove to California, did it in one day, because I'm a champ, to visit Stefan. And, of course, Molly, his partner, shout out to Molly Scoville. She's the fucking best. So drove out here, and I have seen more Teslas in a week than I've ever seen before, and Stefan says that's common here. Oh, yeah. But uh, it rounded out to 206 Teslas and 9 halves. There's actually a lot more halves, but I, I didn't count them very well per usual because they just don't matter that much in comparison to Teslas. And there were a bunch of Prius that I kind of counted, but then mm. thinking about it, Prius, they're not electric cars. They're hybrids, which is... What no, they are hybrids. They are hybrids, yes. So I don't know if I should ever count them or not. Plus, Stefan thinks they look ugly. They do, in fact. I don't think they look ugly. <laughs> I think they look cute. I would own a Prius. Of course, I would rather own a Tesla, but of course, I'm probably never going to because I'm just going to buy a used electric car Next then, time I then again, my ex-wife had a Prius, so maybe that has something uh, to do with my opinion. Stefan's husband, wife. Yeah, that makes <laughs> sense. That adds up. I probably wouldn't like that car either. I don't like Forerunners, but it might be because of an ex, and it might just be because I'm an environmentalist. I don't right. know. Hard to say. So the amount of cats this week, honestly, I might have forgotten a few, but I can remember two offhand. One is Zarina, the old, cute, gray cat that is my friend's roommate's cat. She's very sweet. She meowed a lot. Super cute. Super old. And then Stefan and Molly's neighbor cat, who is black and apparently is notorious for meowing very loudly. Yep. Usually around 10 o'clock at night, at least. And it's it's not so much a meow as it is a (laughs) (laughs) Which we did hear. And I think it maybe was around 10 o'clock when we were out. I don't know why... I went out. I went out to my car. Yep, to get something. To get something. And then there was a cat, and then I was like, Stefan, go get Molly! And unfortunately, the cat had wandered away at this point when Stefan and Molly came out. But I did pet the cat. It was very cute. It was black, long, and thin. Very attractive. And I assume athletic cat. It was cute. For this week's conscious content consumption... Again, Molly and Stefan exposed me to another really cool thing that I suggest everybody watch, and it's a, a YouTube series? It was kind of like a series. I don't know why it was, was so just, broken up. It was just a long format video. 
long format YouTube video yeah. that had some commercials and commercials suck, but whatever. And it's called I Kissed a Girl, The Messy Legacy of a Queer Bait Hit. And it was done by Melina Pendulum, who also goes by Princess Weeks. And it, we, we, we decided to watch it. I think, did I bring up I Kissed a Girl? Or I, I just brought up how queerness is portrayed uh, yeah, I th- I think we in just music videos. Talked a bit about about the sexualization, particularly of bi women and, and yeah. lesbians and that whole thing. Yes. <laughs> and uh, I, Molly and I both identify somewhere in that realm. And yeah, for whatever reason, it came up and we ended up watching it. It was quite long, but it was really good. Princess Weeks or Melina Pendulum. Sorry if I'm saying that wrong. I don't know. She, one, looks dope. Two, super articulate and just had all these really great points and was super funny. The jumping off point was Katy Perry's music video. I'm sure everyone has seen it and was influenced by it to some degree. I kissed a girl. If you were were anywhere near a teenager in the 2000s, you were... Yes. Definitely picking that up. And when you say near a teenager, I mean, you mean near the age of a teenager? Yes. And probably probably just in proximity proximity. (laughs) of other teenagers. And, you know, I guess my mom was near me and I was a teenager and she probably heard the song a bunch. (laughs) So I guess either near works. But um, I was excited about the song. And then looking back, it was upsetting because she's not even queer. Katy Perry's not queer, but it did give space for people to make more things that were queer and I guess maybe less queer coded, would you say? And were outrightly queer? Yeah, more yeah, I think it was more explicit in that than a lot of the media that had come before and to be picked up by somebody who was so mainstream, obviously. And it absolutely is hundred percent queer baiting, but the effect can be more complex, which was kind of the point that Melina was making is that yeah. Yes, this is queer baiting. No, we probably shouldn't do it this way anymore. Also, it was the first time I considered the concept, the idea yeah. of that I might be attracted to women. And so, like that maybe it was okay. Yeah. But also, uh, do you want to do a quick explanation of queer bait? Um, I will do my best. I'll interject where I yeah. feel I can actually help uh, you. Speaking, <laughs> speaking as a uh, a straight cis man, I will do my best to explain <laughs> and not get myself in trouble. But roughly speaking, as I understand it, it is the deliberate uh, on the part, particularly of like a production company or or label of some of some CEO or company. It's the deliberate decision to allude to, suggest, maybe even show. Queerness. queerness so that you get the queer crowd in but not actually committing to queer representation yeah. or helping uplift the yeah, queer community for fear of alienating the rest of your bags of money basically it's it's a it's a cynical money grab yeah and it is pride month and we see that a lot with companies in general mm. i don't know if it would be called queer baiting, like how Wells Fargo and Zion's Bank all have their own pride flags. Like, oh, yeah, look, yeah. we, like, oh, happy Pride Month. And it's like, well, what do you do for the queer it's, community? It's kind of in the same vein. I think I think queer baiting as a term 
usually only refers or is more specific to media, but it's the same impetus, right? We want the good press and we want the money from the queer community. But we but won't we're actually really, do anything. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're not actually interested in I just Googled, and I have the uh, Wikipedia <laughs> definition of queerbaiting. Queerbaiting is a marketing technique for fiction and entertainment in which creators hint at, but do not actually depict same-sex romance or other LGBTQ dot 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 probably relationships. Yeah. So... Yeah, this uh, video by Princess Week's Melina Pendulum, it was cathartic for me to watch in a way because it verified a lot of my feelings that I've had and articulated in a way that I, I guess I just haven't had the tools to do. So that's my conscious content consumption. I highly recommend you go watch it. And then Stefan has a book that yes. he's been reading that he's going to share about. I'm not terribly far into it yet, but it came highly recommended. And it's called Being Wrong, written by Katherine Schultz, Adventures in the Margin of Error. It's uh, recommended by former President Bill Clinton. I don't know if that's a oh. plus or a negative, but it's I there. have uh, talked <laughs> about a book that was recommended by former President Barack Obama, uh, and it was very good. Excellent. Uh, that was a great book. The Power. Good book. So it's... Obviously, as the title implies, it's about being wrong and how we can, the importance of that, how we can learn from it, um, how to be more comfortable in error, in our errors uh, as humans. It talks a bit about, or quite a bit about, the different ways we talk about being right, being wrong. And from a science perspective, you are wrong almost always <laughs> and you're at least if you do it right you know the whole point is to make a guess and then try to disprove kind of like the uh fail as fast as you can yeah quote, where it's like oh well, look, of course you're gonna fail try to do it a lot and then you'll fucking and, invent the light bulb or yeah, uh, get... write a good poem because i write a lot of bad poetry yeah. Sometimes they end up with good poetry. Exactly. Same with pictures. Take yeah. a lot of bad pictures, end up with a few good ones. Yep. Yeah, exactly. You you don't want to necessarily let the fact that you were wrong in something derail you. You know, looking back at, you know, tying this back to the discussion of the queer baiting and so I kissed a girl, we can look back and say, ah, oh, that was so mm-hmm. terrible, like, terrible representation. And, and it is, and we should understand its context and that. Mm-hmm acknowledge that. But it did exist and it was impactful. And we can move forward now. We can, don't have to, we don't have to do it again. Mm -hmm. We'll get closer to the truth. We won't ever necessarily. And I feel like everybody who has been famous is famous. I mean, we all, we all make mistakes. Mm -hmm. I've made probably a ton on this podcast already. (laughs) And when I listen to, I think I talked about this podcast, The Some Work I'll Play, which I highly Mm -hmm. recommend to Stefan Mm -hmm. because he, I don't know, would you say you're a gym rat? You're just a personal trainer. Yeah, I've probably been. You're both? Yeah. I would say you're both. We did work out three days in a row Mm -hmm. together now and it was hard. Stefan did some stuff that I did not think was possible, (laughs) but where was I going with that? Oh, so I'm recommending this podcast, Some Work I'll Play. And I listened to episode 
52. Sorry, there is someone above us who dropped a thing. We're in an apartment complex. <laughs> but in episode 52, they're like, yeah, someone told us that we shouldn't use the term spirit animal anymore. And then it, it, because I'd already listened to a bunch of other episodes, the next one was episode 23 or something. And in it, they said spirit animal. So it's like, well, they can learn from their mistakes. And that's what we're all doing. And we can't necessarily demonize everybody for that. But we do right. have to learn. And, and the way in which people respond to new information that is maybe contrary to what they used to believe, that's the kind of the revealing thing, right? If your reaction to information that suggests that what you did was wrong or what you said was wrong or something you believed didn't pan out and your reaction is to stick your heels in yeah exactly and, and double down and be reactionary to that that's kind of shitty yeah <laughs> um, and i feel like i've had bosses like that oh absolutely i've also i've definitely been that employee when i was younger for sure mm-hmm. uh maybe when we work together i don't know oh, I was, um yeah we it's have both grown thing. a lot, <laughs> but being wrong is the book. Um, I've actually heard of it, but I, I don't know if I'll, I got a lot of books to read. I would listen to that for sure because yeah. I have a hard time reading things that aren't fiction. I and guess, I, and I'm a very slow reader, and I get distracted easily, so I'm usually reading a few books, six books at once. <laughs> And I'll forget about them for six months and then come back to it. And, mm-hmm. you know, so who knows how long it'll take me to finish it, but eventually mm-hmm. I will. <laughs> yeah, you'll have to tell me how it goes mm-hmm. and what you've learned and how you are wrong. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, I'm trying to learn how I'm not wrong. <laughs> learn how to be wrong and be okay with it, I I'll guess. I'll be wrong correctly. Yes, yeah. there we go. <laughs> I like it. Okay, so today's topic, as we said at the top of the episode, is being queer and or femme at the gym. Mm-hmm. We just mentioned Stefan is a personal trainer and has worked in a many gyms, I think. A few. A few. Back in Salt Lake, now is here in California, being a personal trainer mm-hmm. through a company. Yep. Um, uh, I haven't technically done any work yet, but it's coming down the pipeline, I'm told. <laughs> well, he's brand new to California. If you need to get swole, Stefan might be your guy. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe swole's the wrong nope, swole's uh, great. I love that. word to use. But yeah, being uh, female, femme, queer in those spaces, because there's a lot of they're pretty masculine, masculine energy um, there. Yeah, for sure. Or can be perceived that way. So just a little background on myself. I didn't grow up being a gym person or a sports person. You know, I played soccer when I was 8, 9, 10, <laughs> like a bunch of people do. And then in middle school, I got into orchestra. Oh, that's right. Because yeah. uh, he occasionally, when he gets very drunk, he plays the violin, <laughs> and, which is something I did yeah, not succeed I, in doing on my trip to California, but <laughs> I have done it in the past. Yeah. So so, I, so all through, well, part of elementary school, all through middle school and high school, I played the violin and I was a orchestra nerd. You know, just I was not a jock, put it that way, right? There's, so, there's never ran close to that. I wasn't interested in it. I always had this perception of like, I'm smart, I'm not strong, hmm. you know, and you can't mix those two. You have to be, you, you can be a nerd or you can be a jock, you know, never the 20s. You cannot be both. Yeah. That's interesting. I guess I never thought about that for you coming into the space because just so you folks know, Stefan does not come off as a bro 
dude bro, however you want to call them, meathead. He As I sit here in a tank top. He is wearing a tank top and shorts. (laughs) But like you never came off that way to me and even still maybe it's just because I know you so well. I, I try not to come off that way. I think that, and that's that's a little bit of a marketing choice as well as... Um, <laughs> well, it can be off-putting. And I yeah, guess exactly. that's one reason why the mm-hmm. gym isn't always super welcoming. Because yeah. it can feel toxic masculinity. And then even to some extent, when we went to the gym the past two days, I have felt looking around like, oh, there's some toxic femininity here too. And maybe toxic is not the right word. Hyper. Hyper is the word I'm looking for. Hyper masculinity and hyper femininity because the the girls they're they got their booties out and they look great they got their boobs out and they look great their makeup's done and they're also strong as fuck they look great and that's part of the the perception i try to bring across is the is the that let's see if i can say this what i learned going into that space like my route to being a personal trainer and getting interested in uh, strength sports and that kind of thing happened through martial arts. You know, I started doing martial mm-hmm. arts and That's having right. fun with that, and then I started getting stronger and I started enjoying being strong and fit and all that. And I started to learn that there actually is a culture and a nuance to that culture. To gym culture? To gym culture, to martial arts schools, to, dare I say, bro culture. <laughs> Now, don't get me wrong, there are plenty of douchebags out there, but a lot of them aren't as toxic as maybe it looks. Yeah. And a lot of the behaviors aren't as toxic as it looks. You get this image in your head of the incredibly muscle-bound guy repping out his dumbbells, throwing them (laughs) on the ground. And I feel like we saw a little bit of that today. Maybe not the, like... Roaring at, you know, the other guy next to him that dares to stand next to him and this kind of, you know, this toxicness. Well, maybe not that necessarily. That sounds like a lion. And more what I've seen is somebody does a really heavy lift or heavy lift for them, you know, something really hard and they do it and the guys come up and they, you know, clap him on the back and they roar at him. But it's, it's... it building him up. It's, it's like, yeah, you Does did it. Does this camaraderie, when you're in the gym, do you see it cross-gender? Or um, is the approach a little different? Because as a female, one, I was with you the whole time. Right. So I feel like being femme presenting and then being with mask presenting, right. there's always that allusion to a safety net. You there's know, the like, assumption ah, of a couple, yeah. right? And therefore, like, you, know, uh, you might get checked out a little bit, but nobody's She's with him that. or mm-hmm. he's with yeah. her and... For sure. People, of course, did not approach me. Mm-hmm. I think one guy was like, excuse me, because I was being ridiculous and taking up a lot of space and dancing. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that moment. <laughs> it was when we were doing deadlifts and you were going and I was just, I don't know what I was doing. And dude was like, excuse me. And I was like, oh, shit, sorry. Ah, ah. Um, but yeah, and, and it really depends on the gym that you're at. The- Do you often see women... Or, or femme presenting, encouraging other femme presenting? Yes, yes. Uh, the, the gym that I was going to in Salt Lake City, Big Mountain Barbell, had quite a strong femme woman lifting community. Strong being punny. Right. Keep going. It, it, yeah. <laughs> and they had classes that were focused on only women went to it. Because, because I think there is an importance to creating a space mm-hmm. for it, right? Because it can be intimidating. And men will be more intimidating when there are women present 
sometimes. Yeah. That is definitely something that happens. I mean, that happens on a river trip or camping mm. or backpacking. Uh, maybe less so backpacking because everybody, they have their own shit unless you go as a couple or your yeah. friends and you're doing dinner or something together. But I see men being more macho <laughs> around me, but I also can't say that I know what they're like when I'm not there. True. Because I'm right. always, and I'm, I obviously present as femme. I got the long hair. Mm. I got boobs. That's just, I, that's what I look like. So I wonder, I've done a, it was called Backpacking for Feminism. And it was an awesome class. A weekend trip, went backpacking Capitol Reef through the University of Utah. And it was all an all-girl trip. Mm. And us having to rely on each other and teach each other mm. and not show one another up. And not disregard someone who doesn't know how to do something, which... In the gym, I've never actually had somebody write me off, but maybe that's because the culture at the gym is safety. Don't be an idiot and be safe with the weights and the tools and all that. But I wonder how a gym would do if there was minority gender happy hour <laughs> or something. Well, when you'll find it more in CrossFit or powerlifting specific gyms. You will absolutely find female-centric lifting groups and it is because it is a predominantly masculine space and so you gotta elbow your way in a little bit yeah and really one of the things i like to do or try to do is to create space for women to be there yeah and do you do that when you're just there by yourself or are you talking specifically when you are training women at the gym specifically when i'm training women i mean when i'm just there by myself i mean i'm a pretty solo yeah, and you kind of mind everybody's space, I yeah, assume. Yeah, but I, I make a conscious effort not to be the guy staring at the woman. Yeah. I <laughs> glance at them, I can't <laughs> lie about that, but I try not to be the creep that's just creeping mm -hmm. on them, because obviously that creates a very yeah. toxic and, environment. Yeah, uh, and Stefan and I did talk about this earlier this week with Molly, about, <laughs> I mean, one thing that I'll always remember Stefan said was, yeah, there's a way to look at people who you're attracted to without totally creeping them out, because mm -hmm. we were at the Pride Festival, and there's men and women and all genders in between just wearing pasties and thongs, mm -hmm. and it's like, whoa, they kind of look attractive, and like, I want to look at them, but... I don't want to be a creep because I've been creeped on so many times. You don't have to face them and ogle. Just don't do that, people. <laughs> and, <laughs> it's not okay. And it's been said a thousand times, and it's always worth saying again, particularly at a gym, and this is for the dudes, don't hit on girls at the gym. <laughs> Just don't. If you see somebody regularly and you you know start breaking up a conversation, that's one thing. But mm -hmm. don't don't go interrupt them in the middle of their set. They they aren't interested. Nice ass. <laughs> you look great on that elliptical. Nice ass. <laughs> Which we did see somebody on the elliptical mm -hmm. and they had pants that I think were tailored so that their butt looked big. And to me, that was kind of intimidating because it's like, oh, that's hyper femme. Mm -hmm. So the so, space in between yeah. is kind of hard to navigate, and to an extent. This is my personal feeling. If it's like, oh, I'm not masculine enough. I'm not feminine enough. How do I fit into the space? Mm -hmm. Will people take me seriously? Right. And that's something that I struggle with in all places in my life. Because I always feel too masculine. And I always feel too feminine. Mm -hmm. Regardless of how anybody perceives it. Right. I don't know which one to go to. Or which one to smother more. <laughs> <laughs> so... 
I run into some of the same thoughts or similar thoughts run through my head even now. But you, and, and you know, like, what you're doing. Right. But, <laughs> I but, don't necessarily. But I you. always second guess, and, and also I'm surrounded by people that are significantly stronger yeah. and bigger. And, and you compare yourself to your and peers. It's, and it's hard not to compare. And I do have to remind myself not to compare and also not to fall in the trap of, because, you know, there'll be this tendency to. You want to almost other them. You want to. You're like, well, oh, well, that, they're that the douche bro bags who Yeah, grunt. exactly. You want to vilify him a little bit. Well, yeah, he's got big muscles, but he's, his form's totally, totally wrong. And that is toxic masculinity, right? Yeah. That, and that's not useful to no. me. Obviously, not useful to them. They worked very hard to get there. And same thing with the woman, right? There's. Mm-hmm. I've heard women that I've worked with that I've trained who are maybe a bit insecure, and they'll see. Some gorgeous woman in a very real form nice fitting pair of, pants yeah, and a little like and, tank top bra, and they will start tearing her down. Yeah, which is not fair at all. No. And I think one thing I have for myself learned to do was to not tear other women down just because they look mm-hmm. nicer. And then the part that I'm still working on is to not tear myself down. Right. And it's like, well, if we were put in a room next to each other. What I hope is that we have a good conversation where we walk away from it being like, ah, yes, somebody supports me and I support somebody else. And maybe you learn something or maybe you just have like a pleasant conversation and you feel happy. And, And more often than not, that's what I've seen happen in those gyms, right? You will see people celebrate each other's triumphs and victories. Yeah. Particularly with the powerlifting that I've seen before. You see them building each other up and they're, even though they're, you know, it could be in a competition and they're competing against each other. Mm-hmm. And but they can still be happy. They will for still each other. be, you know, clapping and cheering for this other person to maybe beat them, or or maybe not. Maybe they're nowhere. You know, maybe they're in a completely different weight class and they're nowhere near competing on the same level. But they just pulled a PR. You know, it's a hundred yeah. pounds less than what I can do, but doesn't matter because it's their PR. You know, it's their a personal record, a personal best, and so that's awesome, and and I see that more often than I see the detriment the of detriment. others. Yeah, you see building up more yeah. at gyms. Get it? Pun and Lol. building up. <laughs> Sorry, um, <laughs> it was too easy. You said it early. I wanted yeah. to. So there, there is an element of where we come up with reasons to stop ourselves from even walking into the door of the gym. Mm-hmm. And I've heard that a lot with. I guess almost everything, right? Whether that's going to school, going to a yoga class, going to the gym, going on a run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you find ways to talk yourself out of it, right? Mm-hmm. And particularly if there's, if you feel intimidated, if you feel like you're going to be judged and othered, othered, yeah, and very clearly, in or, you know, the way I see it is that women and queer people are going to experience that maybe more acutely than men do. Mm-hmm. What's well, the whole like microaggression yeah. thing too? Because that that definitely does exist, and like it has to exist in those spaces. Mm-hmm. I don't think I experienced necessarily any microaggression the last three days we went mm-hmm. to your gym. Maybe that's because you were there. Maybe that's because I wasn't paying attention. I was like, oh, I'm just gonna like be here for me and be in my headspace right now. 
And there were a few times where I was alone, uh, and I went to go do some physical therapy stuff in this room, and there were two men in there, and even though they actively were doing nothing, I was still like, are they looking at me? Should I feel like I'm being objectified? Because I am doing... You know, you're moving your body. Mm-hmm. And one, I was not coordinated and I was <laughs> off balance. Well, one, I feel like I look like an idiot. And then two, you know, you're, I, I don't know, I, I felt very exposed and vulnerable. And after a minute, I just had to be like, whatever, I can't yeah. focus on that. But the whole idea of men fear women laughing at them mm-hmm. and women and minor, other minority genders fear men killing them. Right. <laughs> it's like, needing to feel safe in that space and even if that space is super safe mm. you still have that like oh well this is a place with men i am moving my body right sometimes you're doing i don't know your butts in the air or you're sticking it out or you're opening your legs yeah. and it's just oh i feel so vulnerable and this is what people do when they're having sex and i almost get to the <laughs> point where i'm sexualizing myself for them whether or not i have no fucking clue if people are looking at me and, right. Uh, I mean, they, they could have been they could have been gay. They could have had zero. Yeah, yeah. There could have <laughs> been like so many different things that my default is just to be like, oh no, I'm being sexualized. And the other thing is, it's entirely possible they were, and that's that's kind of that. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's, that, I guess that's their problem mostly. That's the thing. It's like right if they break. If they break that understanding, mm-hmm. you know, if they start creeping on you, if they... Yeah, that's... And I've absolutely seen that happen. Mm-hmm. I don't want to pretend like this stuff doesn't happen. It does. Or, like you were talking about, you know, you worry about being not taken seriously. That's definitely a thing that happens. This is not my own anecdote. I don't remember who said this uh, woman in the strength industry. A very accomplished, very strong woman. I want to say wins... Yeah, she's like currently listed as like the strongest woman in the United All States. All right, strong power. If you remember it later, you can yeah. text that to me, and I'll just update that in the next episode. <laughs> and she she gave an anecdote of you know she was in a rack uh, with the barbell, had the weights on it, and she was just resting between the sets. And a guy comes over and just starts unloading the bar, and she's like, "What the hell are you doing?" <laughs> you know, and he's like, "Oh, I thought you were done." And she's like, I'm not. Put that back. And he did, and fine. But she identified this as, you know, there's this kind of... Entitledness? Entitlement and assumption of that she doesn't belong there as much as he does, right? And I guess that scenario that you explained for me, because I don't necessarily know the gym very well, and maybe other people don't either... Basically, she had her set up, and she was resting yep. between the different sets, and then some dude came over and was like, I Here, me, yeah. I clean this up for you because, one, maybe you don't even know how to clean up stuff, mm. even though I'm assuming she looks strong and maybe mm. jacked. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. That's mask. Maybe we can say Jilled. She looks Jilled. Get it? Jack. Oh. Jack is a male name. Right. Jill, okay. But Jill's a female name. We need a androgynous name here. She looks pumped, ripped, yeah. stoked, oh, yoked, yoked, baked. Yoked no, not baked. No, not baked. That's, that's no. a different thing. Not lit either, which I <laughs> <laughs> made the mistake of saying earlier. Uh, yoked. Yo- I'm yoked sure she looks yoked. yoked. And plus, 
yolks is kind of like eggs, which is kind of like ovaries, what, what? <laughs> uh, <laughs> now we're getting down the rabbit hole. Um, but yeah, so I mean, this this is, and, and that's the thing. Everybody should be active. Yes. And it doesn't have to be weightlifting, but everybody needs to be active in some form. To be healthy. For and your to be health, healthy. for your mental health. Longevity. It's fun. It's empowering. Mm -hmm. It's good to move your body, no matter what it is. And nobody has a monopoly on any of this. The women that I have trained, you know, that have have kind of stuck with me and stuck with it, really like like the results beyond just they, you know, get stronger. They look fitter. And they they feel more confident moving through the space. Mm -hmm. One thing that did happen today, we were... Uh, what are the weights called that are just like not dumbbells. connect dumbbells? <laughs> we were uh, lifting up dumbbells in multiple different fashions, and I told Stefan, I was like, I feel like I'm in everybody's way because we are kind of in front, close to a mirror, and there are people all around us. And when I say people, I mean male presenting. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh no, I feel like I'm in people's way. And Stefan was like, This is your gym too, which. I was just doing a three free day trial, so kind of my gym, but like, yeah, I was yeah, in that moment, matter. like, you're right, yeah. I'm here, and I'm using it. Yeah, I will take up space, something that minority genders, I think, are often told not to do mm-hmm. growing up. Female presenting, always being told, be as little as you can right. physically, and maybe audibly, and not for my parents so much so like, your personality needs to not be big. But definitely, the thinner, the better. The mm. thinner, the healthier. Right. The thinner, the more attractive. And that's unfortunate that we are told to... Not that we are told to not take up space. We are conditioned to not yeah. take up space. Yeah, and, and I... You know, for different reasons, but I have to tell myself the same thing a lot of the times. Because I'm always afraid of... You know, I get self-conscious, just yeah. like everybody else does. And I'm afraid of being in somebody's way or having a confrontation, and and I have to remind myself I am paying for these Mm. weights. So if you could give folks advice if they are a minority gender or queer, not used to going to the gym, maybe don't know what they're doing, what advice do you have in order for them to go into the space and feel good and actually do it and Mm. move their body if the gym is where they want to be? Right. I would say... Maybe look at some of the smaller, more private gyms. They do tend to be a little more expensive, but you're going to find a better... You're going to find a community. You're going to find people that are uh, that will invest in you being there and, and help you with that, like finding, you know, finding a, a, a women's weightlifting class. Also, because they do have more of a culture, you can kind of more quickly identify... Is this a culture I'm going to fit into, right? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, again, Big Mountain Barbell. They have... In Salt Lake City. In Salt Lake City. They, uh, they have, or specifically Midvale, front and center. They have Pride flag. They have a Black Lives Matter flag. They also have a Blue Lives Matter flag, but, you know. <laughs> so and then, like, an American so maybe flag, they're right? I think I remember bit. you saying that. Yeah, and there's that. American flag. So they're like, we... Except mm-hmm. folks of all walks of life. Yeah. Well, that's great. And you can... Ask, you know, you can say, just like you would with any space, you know, ask, what are your policies here? Do you have a group that's focused on women? Yeah. On You can ask women? for what you want. Which... You can go on, to, you can search for gyms that are friendly to 
Mm-hmm. Um, this is reminiscent of my search for a physical therapist yeah. or a therapist. I mean, you, you can find what you want, I guess. Yeah. Which is just so exciting about life. Something as I've been growing up has been a great thing. <laughs> the, the other stuff would be find a friend, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I'll flip that around if you are listening to this and you're a dude and you go to the gym, invite your female, female presenting queer friends and, and don't be a creep. Be very yeah. respectful. <laughs> yeah, um, but invite them to come in and, and don't be pushy is the other thing because there can be this tendency to, you know... Come to the gym with me. You should yeah. come get swole. You should watch yeah. me pick up heavy things right. and I'll look at your butt. I hope I don't think anybody talks like that, but <laughs> that's but, our perception. But, yeah, but nonetheless, the best way to do it is to have somebody you know and trust yeah. introduce yeah. you to the space. Yeah, support women <laughs> and uh, queer community and, and, and minority genders. And a trainer is a good option too. Obviously, but like anything else, you know, it can be hit or miss. Yeah. But you can at least have some instruction and kind of get a feel for what you sh- how to do things. Yeah. And then maybe you feel slightly less awkward. And again, if you're in San Jose, yes. <laughs> Stefan is uh, uh, yeah, looking for clients through some company. Uh, Fit House is the company I'm Fit working House. with right now, though I, I a... do take private clients. Okay, as well. name. <laughs> I won't talk down Fit House. Fit House sounds great. It sounds like a house full fit folks. Yeah, exactly right. Awesome. Well, thanks, Stefan, Thank for being on here. It's Stefan's 34th yeah. birthday. It is. He's a young, strapping man who's just <laughs> getting stronger by the day, eats donuts for breakfast on his birthday, because it's his birthday. I ate a donut, too, and it had custard, and I made a mess, <laughs> but it was really yummy. You, you, uh, you, you... You massacred that donut. Yeah. <laughs> it's generally how I eat. Like, if I eat with my hands, it just happens, you know. It's the best way to eat, be interactive with your food. Well, thank you so thank much you. for being on my podcast. Long hair, do care. And thanks to AJ for the intro music. And as my dad always says, use your head and be clever. Bye, everyone. <laughs>